to be jolly, fa la 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 etc. etc. Welcome to this week's edition of the Thinking.com Norwich City podcast, basking in another Norwich City win, 2 0 over Huddersfield this afternoon. I'm your host, Connor Southwell, joined by two men who wish it could be Christmas every day Adam Harvey and Paddy Sean Dyche Davitt. Um, Paddy, another good afternoon at Carrow Road, Norwich City, they're flying. Yeah, what did you say? You know, play up playoffs nailed on as we walked no, away. They're, they're up. You said they're up, did you? Yeah. Right, okay. So yeah, even even more exalted in terms of the ambition trajectory from here. But it, uh Yeah, I mean let's get it out there straight away. Huddersfield, that's probably the poorest team I've seen at Car Road this season. Um just didn't have anything about them at all and you can see why they're in for a bit quite a struggle and the four hundred or so hardy band of travelling terriers were pretty clear that He's getting sacked in the morning, Darren Moore, who's a very likeable chap. But, uh, yeah, so, OK, get that out of the way, that mitigation. But still very, from a Norwich perspective, com- confident, composed, controlled, easy, routine win in, in the final analysis. Um, but zoom out a bit and what it means. You know, one defeat now in eight, three home wins in four, and the other one was the draw against Preston. You know, that, for me, is... This isn't just sort of some relief from that 10-11 game spell where you know it felt like every week by the end of that spell David Wagner was having to bat away questions about his future this feels if dare I say it more sustainable now this sort of body of evidence and and today was a good performance as well so to go with the sort of the fighting spirit and the qualities that we saw at Portman Road Saturday before so look you know that's 23 games in now to a 46 game season halfway mark Eighth in the table, two points off it. All flippancy aside, it is game on. Yeah, because if they continue on this sort of seam of results and, and the performances get better and more cohesive, then if you're two points off it, turning turning for home, then uh, yeah, anything is possible. And um, who'd have said that when they sort of trooped away from here early part of November, having lost 3-1 to Blackburn? It is quite a remarkable turnaround, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of emphasised by by this statistic from from NCFC numbers: seventeen points from the last eight matches for Norwich City. It's the highest total in an eight-game stretch under David Wagner. Even better than that run at the start of the season. I mean, um, it's uh, to keep it on the festive one. I don't know if you've ever seen Elf, but you know when they they try and get Santa's sleigh to fly, and it's like yeah, you need yeah. Christmas spirit. Yeah. Feels like there's there's plenty of that in Norwich City at the moment. Yeah, you could sort of see it after the game again. It almost sort of harked back to what we saw at the start of the season. That kind of unity, the the waves, the atmosphere was was very good again today as well. I know they had they had the drum back, and that seemed to to help. Um, everyone feels more positive. It's a much better place to be going to watch your football rather than you know a couple of weeks back or a month or so back now at that Blackburn game, which you know it was empty seats everywhere. Lot, you know, sort of lots of apathy, frustration at sort of those in power at the football club, but also you know David Wagner. And it's a credit to David Wagner that you know the way he's handled himself throughout this whole situation has has always been honest, um, fair, and to fair they're reaping the rewards from that now. And of course, you know the, the form has been it's been great. You know, obviously the performances are a different matter, but at the end of the day, in the championship, it's just about getting results. It's grinding them out. I mean, there's kind of you go back to seeing like that Arsenal team that was uh, that won the league. They they said you know they only played well for about ten or fifteen games, and that they remained undefeated and, and won the won the title. Not that Norwich necessarily going to repeat that kind of thing but you know you kind of get the sentiment there of the performances don't have to be great if the results are good and I think now is kind of almost crunch time they've got you know five or six really big games now coming up against sides in and around them and if they can sort of maintain the results that they're getting at the moment then yeah anything is possible which you know as we all well as Paddy alluded to a few weeks back that really felt like uh, something that wasn't going to be possible. 
yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a point relatively recently where I think we were all looking over our shoulders a little bit and worrying about the other direction and uh, Huddersfield being, being one of those teams. The, the results that they've produced over this run, Paddy, irrespective, and we'll probably come on to speak about the style and the performances, just incredibly impressive. And as Adam says there, David Wagner, he's taken so much criticism. He's um, had to take so many punches. Like you say, he was asked consecutively for, for a good two-month spell. He's been pretty critical of, of, of him on here and probably rightly so for, 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 some, for some time. But you can't argue with that that body of work, the, what they've produced from the position they were in. I think if you'd have told any of us sat there as, as, the, as the clock ticked over to 80 minutes away at Cardiff, that um, what would follow was this run. I think we'd have um, we'd have probably questioned your your, your sanity. To be honest, it's it's been quite a, a turnaround, irrespective of maybe the stylistics of how they've done it. it. It really is, and you know, is that written about it recently? Is that an indictment? And it's not to downgrade anything that David Wagner and those players have done in this period, but it it is an indictment of the championship's strength in depth for me that. After that 10-11 games, one win was it, um, cycle of decline that they, they've now, off the back of one defeat in the next eight, turned it round to the point where they're, you know, two points out of the playoffs. I think they're only three or four points uh, away from West Brom, who they pertinently go to on Boxing Day. So that, for me, quite clearly underlines that, you know, Bar, Leicester, Bar, Leeds, maybe Southampton, um, maybe not Ipswich, uh, uh, given the current... Uh, struggles culminating in what unfolded at Ellen Road today, but um, that there's 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 a clutch of teams who are probably better than the rest. But then Norwich are in that bracket of with the majority, and now it comes down to consistency, doesn't it? That's what will separate out the the Norwiches, the Middlesbroughs, the Watfords, um, maybe even Halls from you know the ones who will will be in and around the top six from here to to the end of the season and the ones who might fall away and fall back a bit and that you know to take Adam's point is why now everything everything that they've done to this point in this eight games has built a platform has built something that they can now look to attack West Brom away Southampton at home Millwall obviously for different reasons always a, a challenging game but they've got Hull they've got Leeds very early in the new year teams who are going to be justifiably in and around it if we could look into that crystal ball and, and see past that run of games, and if Norwich are still in the position they're in now, then that would tell me that they've actually been very competitive, picked up enough points. And then, then you are feeling that, OK, yeah, with a sergeant back, with a Grant Hanley, we saw today, you know, the likes of Adam Eder, Huang, Ben Gibson, all able to come in off the bench. Um, you know, I think we probably felt before a ball was kicked that, you know, there was a group of players there who were were good enough to be in in the conversation for the top six? Now, as I say, twenty six get twenty three games in the halfway point reached after today. You're two points off it, so that that feels that 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 was a fair assessment. And and hopefully, I think for me, the difference maker now is Sergeant. If Sergeant comes back in, they can integrate him, and we get him to carry on almost in the vein that he had started the season. That blistering goal again, almost ratio then. Anything is possible because they're well in touch now with that block of maybe fourth downwards in terms of the table. Um, and it is a testament to Wagner and his staying power and his almost pig-headedness to refuse to go quietly. I mean, I I felt he was gone. He was a goner after Sunderland. I, I couldn't see any way back from the abjectness of that performance that day. They were so passive and and inhibited and. 
albeit they did get themselves in front, but the whole approach and the game plan and how he went that day to try and just set up and frustrate Sunderland and it, and it obviously didn't pay off. It. Um, and they ended that game, you know, they were a rabble really. So you have to give him huge credit. Now, whether he is mid to longer term, still Ben Napper's man, that will all play out in due course. But in the here and now, nobody's going to be talking about his future because um, he has managed with his coaching staff um, and those players uh, to, to draw a line in the sand, starting with that Cardiff game and, and and then build on it, which for me is is the encouraging aspect of this. It isn't that they, they okay, they stemmed the bleeding for a game or two, but then regressed back to what we'd seen in sort of September, October, November time, this actually does feel now with the additions of Hanley and Sargent to name but two. Obviously, you need a little bit of luck now with injuries to key players moving forward, but I don't really see any reason why Norwich shouldn't now, between now and the end of the season, be firmly in, in and around that top six, top eight, um, trying to just edge their way, claw their way into the top six and stay there and... From where David Wagner found himself, by his own admission, his back was against the wall and you you only have really one choice. You have to come out fighting or you raise the white flag. Well, he's come out fighting and it's, it's a credit to him on a, on a personal level and on a purely human level, great to see because, as you rightly say, Connor, to deal with, he's been even through this very, very difficult, challenging period and we've seen casualties in terms of managerial sort of uh, contemporaries fall by the wayside in this period. You know, Tony Mowbray at Sunderland. Doff at Swansea, Alex Neal's gone now and one or two others and he could have been maybe fortunate to keep his position given, you know, those managers went for pretty similar types of declining form but no, he got the backing he needed from above, that was important but he's also come out fighting himself and um, and let's hope that stands him in good stead because, you know, there's going to be huge challenges to get into that top six over the second part of the season but they only have to really, him and his coaching staff and players, go back to this period they've emerged from. And if they can deal with this adversity, then really they should be able to handle anything that's thrown at them over the second part of the season. Agreed. And I think it's what, what you said there, really, because we, we're going to do probably the looking ahead aspect in, in the second part of the pod. But it, it, it's exactly what you say there. Irrespective now of, of kind of what they've done or, or what's happened, this kind of feels like this is this is it now. What they're entering. This is kind of what are Norwich City? Where are they going to be this 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 season? Um, and there's no excuses now. There's no players injured. We we can see for you know with our own eyes against teams that they need to be beating if they want to finish in the top six. Whether they can and whether they have the the performance levels to do that. And if they do and and they finish in in the top six, as you say, I, I think there's there's every possibility that they can do that. Particularly in a division which. Minus four teams, I think, is 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 quite weak. To to, to be completely um, honest, um, they've they've got every chance of doing that, providing they they can they can stay around. Now, of course, I'm I'm sure you you could, and uh, I will construct the argument for balance uh, the table uh, as it stands at the moment. Although, I think. But when Norwich play, certainly when they play Cardiff, Cardiff were above them. But you, you look at the wins they have got. Cardiff, who are in 10th. Bristol City, who are in 12th. Um, obviously, Huddersfield in 21st. QPR in 22nd. Sheffield Wednesday in 21st. So all of those teams that they have beaten at this moment in time um, sit beneath them in the table. But I don't think that was the case for Cardiff, maybe even Bristol City when that did occur. So so worth mentioning that as well. Maybe that, that shows kind of the, the clutch of teams they're in at the moment. And for as much as we are talking about being two points off the top six and two points off West Brom, which they, they absolutely are, if you if you go in the other direction, and again, this just shows the bonkers um, nature of the championship, 
they are, well, Preston in, in 13th for only two points off them as well. So that's a, a sign of just how quickly it can turn and, and why this run coming up is, is so pivotal, particularly those games against West Brom and Hull on the horizon. And um, we'll, we'll get into much more of that in the, in the second part of the pod. But Adam, I mean, we, we've referenced it. First half, I think Norwich City were frustrated. There's probably a lot of parallels with that, that goalless draw against Preston, which, you know, God forbid we have to relive. Um, uh, and Kenny McLean, I spoke to him after the game and he kind of summed it up quite nicely. It kind of felt like they were waiting for something to happen, something to drop, someone to grab it. Um, and then, lo and behold, in, in, in the second half, Sam McCallum does. And when, when they got that first goal, it was all, as, as Paddy said, routine, comfortable against Huddersfield side, which are bang in trouble. Yeah, it's exactly how I kind of mapped it out yesterday on the preview show. I felt as if they got one, they'd get two or maybe even three. It's kind of, that's always been a, a natural struggle for Norwich, I think, in, in previous years as well, to be honest, even in the successful periods. They, they've often struggled to break down teams that stick, you know, 10 men behind the ball and look to try and, you know, get a point at, at Carrow Road. And that's probably what Huddersfield's aim was today. Um, you kind of felt like in the first half, the only real opportunity they had was Barnes's header, which was superbly clawed out by, by Maxwell. But as soon as they got that early goal, I think that just kind of gave them the freedom to then go and play football. Huddersfield had to come out a little bit um, and that kind of allowed Norwich to exploit the, the spaces that were, were there for them. And in on yeah, the second half performance, it was a relatively positive one uh, and something to take forwards. I felt you know, the likes of Signs is now really starting to show what he's about, which is something you know I've struggled to see why he's not been in the team for before this you know sort of run of recent games. Um, I thought Hernandez was pretty average against today, but John Rowe as well in, in a different position. So you can sort of see now he's got lots of options, which is great moving forwards. And yeah, it, it was a must-win game today. It's you know one of them games. If Norwich are going to try and get themselves in the top six, they've got to beat those sort of teams in the, the lower bracket of the, of the table, uh, particularly at home as well, in, in front of the home crowd. And yeah, as we've already mentioned, it's now given them a platform to, to build off and it is kind of now win or die really in the next sort of five, six games as to what the season's going to hold for them. But yeah, you, you can't not be positive at the moment, it's particularly kind of going into the festive games and the mood's really great and the fans are feeling better. Um, and that's really key for, for sort of a, a unity point and, and something we haven't seen for a long time. Maybe fans have been offside with each other, the football club, the players maybe, and David Wagner. But now it feels like everyone's pulling back in the same direction and, and that was kind of proof almost in, in the end of the game there with the, with the scenes we saw in front of the Barkley again. And it, yeah, it's really good to see. Yeah, it is, and it's 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 much needed, as, as you say. I think we've, we've said on count, countless pods that you know football clubs who aren't together don't achieve anything. I think there's there's a direct correlation between teams being a little bit of a mess off the pitch and uh, and on it as well. And and I think what we saw at Bristol City at Ipswich as well, moments, but they're moments that, that create that. And, and Paddy, I mean, we've again during this run as well spoken about perhaps some of those performances and results that maybe haven't aligned with, with each other. Ipswich, probably another example last week, you strip all of the emotions and, and layers out of it. Ipswich probably should have won that game. Um, they probably should have drawn at, at, at Bristol City. They probably should have drawn against QPR. They, on a different day, they, they might not have won at, at, at Cardiff. This second half, for me, felt, today against Huddersfield, felt as well as they've played during this run. And I think, again, we, we kind of spoke, I think it might have even been last week, where we said two things will happen. Either the performances will catch up with them and the results will drop, or we'll start to see maybe these results breed a little bit of confidence. And actually, in some of their play in possession, the zip and, and, and sometimes it was one-two touch stuff, 
there seemed to be a little bit more confidence in them. Admittedly, and, and for context, against what I think at the moment is, is as bad as there is in, in, in the Championship. Um, but they're the type of signs that suggest, as you said, building into a run, which I think we're basically going to find out what they are and where they're going to finish. They're the type of signs you, you want to see. It shows that there, there is progress being made. Yeah, well, I would add the, the second half against Sheffield Wednesday, where, where they, I th- felt they were in control. And there's a pertinent parallel between that second half and today, which was a very early goal in the second half. That night, it was Ashley Barnes. Two or three minutes into the second half today, it was Sam McCullum with an excellent header. Far better than I thought in real time, because you know he, he had work to do in terms of redirecting it back across Chris Maxwell. And funny enough, when I put that to David Wagner, and I believe that was his first goal in Norwich Colours, but he said he's very good in the air. Um, and you could see that. So, and thereafter, I think that fill-up of that early goal, I mean, you can imagine the psychological deflation at Huddersfield today and, and Sheffield Wednesday the other other week, where their respective coaches have got into them in part, 15 minutes worth of instructions, we're going to do this, that, the other. And then very, very soon after the start of the game again, you want you want behind or you want to drift again. And conversely, you know, the fill-up that that gave Norwich, because they really hit the accelerator then, you know, fashion action score, shouldn't he, late on. Um, just before, I think it was, uh, Borja Science, which again was a very cool, composed finish. Um, and I'm, I'm struggling. I, I mean, there was one thing, Alec, uh, sorry, one thing um, Angus had, Gunn had to do at his near post in the last five or ten minutes, snapshot, very secure handling. But that aside, I don't recall them fashioning anything. So in terms of that control element, yes, and the performance, yes, that was very much. But I thought that was there in the first half. They just lacked that sort of punch, really. There was, as Adam said, there was the... Uh, Ashley Barnes header. What a save that was! Was a good save, it. yeah. Well, I don't think he. Re- I don't know whether it took a little bit of a touch off the defender, but it, I don't think it had quite the power. To, but still, a very athletic piece of keeping. But then, then there was a Mar- Marcelino you know, Nunes shot from about twenty-five yards, which I think the keeper was beaten. And he just cleared his. But but that was a pretty small sample for what I felt was a lot of control from Norwich. They did add that punch after the break, and yes, that was a far more. Impressive performance if you're just looking at performances between today and, and what we saw at, at Ipswich. And it just underlines what I think we feel. We, the signs have been there on this run. Uh, you know, the, the flickers or the patches of play when you've got Kenny McLean now from a footballing perspective and a build-up perspective there at centre-back. That works. Him stepping in, that works. Nunes and Sara, they seem to be getting better as a pair. They're understanding both what they need to do with the ball and, and without it as well. Particularly Nunes, I thought, today. And then Further forward, and obviously he was in more of a central role today, but you know when you've got players like Rowe, like Science, Adam Eder I thought was good today in wide areas when he came on. Um, that there's, there's threat, there's a threat level there now and that they can trouble sides. And of course, for me, to repeat what I said earlier, now you drop Josh Sargent into that equation in and around what looks some good structural elements and some growing confidence in terms of their performances. I think, I think it's right to feel quite optimistic and... Um, yeah, today against a very, very poor side was a result which matched the performance. It was controlled. It was within themselves. You know, they could have put the accelerator down, added a few more goals, um, but it will do. It will do. And they're the, they're the types of performances and results you need to churn out against the mid to lower ranked teams. And almost as a matter of course, if you have any aspirations really genuinely to be in and around that top six, but to repeat what we keep saying on this podcast already... 
that real upward mobility is only going to come if they can now go to the Hawthorns on Boxing Day and perform in that similar manner, hopefully come away with the result to match that performance, back it up at Millwall, and then, for me, really intriguingly, Southampton again at Cairo, because that was, a, that was for me, one of the, probably the better performances we saw in that early uplifting 8-9 game unbeaten spell at the start of the season where they went toe-to-toe with a very good side who've proven to be a very good side now under Russell Martin um, and didn't didn't look second best for me. They, they looked the equal of Southampton that day. So it'll be really interesting if they get positive results in these next two, what we get on New Year's Day because there's no doubt now this is this is the meat of this season now. It really is. If Norwich emerge from games against teams above them, in good order, then you know with 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 a fair wind in terms of injuries moving on from here, then yeah, I, I would be increasingly confident that they certainly will remain in the conversation for the top six. And then you know you just hope in those de- defining moments, those defining games down the stretch, that they've got enough about them to get themselves into the top six and. And for me, from from where I thought they would be at the start of the season, if they finish in the top six, that is that is a very good achievement, irrespective of what then happened in the playoffs. I think if you can get this group of players in the top six, then David Wagner has probably delivered. Yeah, uh, I, I would concur. Um, you, you mentioned Marcelino Nunez there. I, I wanted to touch upon him, Adam, because it's been it's been quite sort of quietly impressive. I, I would say in, in that position, he's he's kind of struggled for consistency since he came to to Norwich. And it, for me, uh, as much as we're kind of and, and a lot of the tension, oh, he's playing Kenny McLean as a centre back. That's really interesting. Nunez has kind of gone under the radar a little bit in terms of what he's offered Norwich in possession. Um, both of those kind of changes pushing McLean back introducing Nunez into the side has given them a, a level of control and, and and allowed them to secure possession a lot more. We're not seeing, as we were during that really bad run, those really kind of gaping holes and, and, and them losing the ball in key areas and then just being so open in transition and teams almost flooding forward with, with attacks. Now, that's partly because of how teams have, have recently come and, and set up at Carrow Road and um, Huddersfield were, were pretty unimaginative, played, played a back five and those wing-backs were, were full-backs, really. It was a back five, it wasn't really a, a back three. Um, but it, it feels like he's made a, a difference from a midfield perspective. Now, again, so much of this conversation that we're having tonight... Um, is, is looking forward and, and saying, well, can this template, can him in there in games where Norwich aren't going to have as much of the ball over a consistent period, is that going to work? Because at Ipswich, there were times where they looked a little bit open with that. But certainly in, in these type of games where they're facing low block teams at Carrow Road, it, it feels like they're kind of made for him. He, he, he really has kind of stepped it up in the last few weeks. Yeah, I think he's key from a creativity point of view from the midfield and sort of unlocking defences, as you kind of referenced there. You know, there's teams that are going to come here and, and try and gain a point and he's pretty crucial. His passing ability is, is up there with some of the best in this team. Him and Zara have both got a, an eye for a ball over the top and he could also shoot from distance, as we've seen on, on many occasions. It's often been kind of the, the physicality or, or maybe when to release the ball and he's been caught on, on a few occasions and actually left Norwich a little bit exposed. But... At the moment, I think from the build-up play and, and what they're trying to do, he, he fits it perfectly. And, and it's credit to him because, you know, he's had... We've seen it in flashes, you know. He's certainly a player with great technical ability, probably one of the better ones in the squad. You know, he, that, that strike he scored against Birmingham last year, you don't score that if you've not got some something about you. Um, but it has just been kind of that adapting to, to English culture, maybe, or, or English football. He's, he's maybe struggled. And I think maybe now we're slowly starting to see him 
adapt to it a little bit more and looking more comfortable in this team and, and maybe what's being asked of him is maybe being sort of put across better, um, whether that's sort of to do with the coaching staff they've brought in. Someone like Narcissus Pelash obviously can speak native language with him. Maybe that's helping him a little bit in kind of what he's trying to do. And yeah, it's a credit to him for, for what he's done as well because, you know, he could have kind of, I suppose, folded a little bit under what's a lot of pressure. You've signed for, for money and Norwich obviously haven't really got pockets of money now to, to go and buy players, but um, he's definitely stepped up and, and they look a lot better for it. My fear would be that maybe in these games that are coming up against more difficult opposition, would, would David Wagner go back to what he saw at the start of the season, someone like Ben Gibson coming back into into defence and then maybe pushing Kenny McLean forward and, and that maybe loses Nunez out of the squad. But um, I think that would be really harsh on him because at the moment, yeah, he, he's probably been one of the the star performers. I mean, that cross as well today for the the goal of Sam McCallum was just, you know, absolutely pinpoint. And that's kind of what he brings to this side. And I think there's not many in, in the midfield perspective that, that can add that. Absolutely. You, you mentioned Ben Gibson there. What, one thing, I don't want to moan too much because it's Christmas and, you know, we're, we're all feeling very uh, optimistic. But he, there were, and I think we all heard it, that there were, there were boos when he came on today from Norwich fans. I mean, what are you doing? If, if, if you're booing one of your own players who's just come back from an injury, who's won uh, a title at this, at this football club, irrespective of maybe his recent form or how he's done, what on earth are you doing? Have a long, hard look at yourself. What a moronic thing to do, to boo any... Norwich City player um, coming onto the pitch in a game that you're winning and winning pretty comfortably. I don't see what that achieves or what the reasoning is for it at all. He, he certainly doesn't doesn't warrant that uh, more or less to, or, or at all, really. Um, so yeah, not to bring the tone down, but but it was it was utterly bizarre. I've not heard anything like that at Carrow Road, and um, nor do I, I particularly want to hear it again. It was it was um, just just nasty, really, and and, and completely unnecessary. Um, and again, maybe brought. Uh, the smallest bit of gloss off what should be uh, a, a really positive day for everyone involved at Norwich and for him as well, returning from from injury. So um, yeah, it's, it's a shame that that that, that unfolded. Um, Sa- well, Sam McCallum, I wanted to mention, but Adam Eder as well, Paddy, because it, it felt like in a game that really needed a spark, he he delivered that. I think you saw it for the, for the second goal. He's probably unlucky in in a sense that he's not. Um, been given an assist for for his work in in those efforts. I think that's going to go to Ashley Barnes. What was uh, uh, an interesting touch, um, but again, just just kind of have the the desire and willingness to stretch teams, and it it does feel like that's kind of his element when they're. And I guess maybe that's partly what David Wagner was thinking today: a low block team looking to frustrate in games where there's space in behind and there's defenses to stretch seems to be really in his element. And actually, I think what we've seen improve from Adam Eder is that general play, that that uh, aggression and willingness to run and, and battle with defenders. I don't think we saw this necessarily a few months ago. Um, and whether that's just a run of games and confidence or, or what that is, but he brought a real thrust, I felt, to Nori City's attacking efforts today. He did, he did. And, you know, we've had this now clearly, and he, he would reject wholeheartedly the super sub tag, but but Wagner's reasoning around the Bristol episode was was spot on. We saw it again today. The profile of striker he is. Games as they get into the final stages against tiring defences where space open up, um, he's perfect for it. He really is. And obviously, the goals that he scored tell you he's perfect inside the penalty area. But what was noticeable today was his real impact was in wide areas. It was outside the box. I mean, there was the the cross for the goal, but prior to that, he burst down the left. Whipped in a lovely ball and just evaded, I think it was Barnes and Science on the slide in the six yard box. And just that clear headedness that there's, there's there's nothing, you know, with his back to goal and he's trying to, you know, take a touch and, and maybe 
technically he exposes himself a little bit because that I don't think he's as comfortable in, in that type of environment. But put the ball into space, let him run, let him commit defenders and have no other thought than just either get a ball across the box or take on a shot. Um, and he's, he's a potent effective force at this level his goals this season tell you that but his impact off the bench more broadly tells you that and yeah he won't want that hit to be his his remit moving forward but you do feel that probably is where he is now and the Wagner mainly because Josh Sargent will come back in and as soon as he's fit he will be in that 11 no doubt about it and I think it'll be either with Ashley Barnes or without Ashley Barnes that's the intriguing element of this I think Adam Eder is now probably cast in that role of impact sub um, and you know there are there are probably few better than him in that role. I think in the championship certainly. And David called him the best championship sub um, earlier in the season after what he did at Bristol and following on from what he did at Cardiff. And it's hard to argue with that. But um, I'm just really intrigued how they go because obviously the the added element now as opposed to the start of the season in terms of that forward equation is Borja Science. He wasn't available at the start of the season when it was Barnes and it was Sargent. Fashnacht was in there, wasn't he? And Arnell was in there. Um, but no, now Borja Science is in there. I'm not sure how David goes about accommodating them all. I think there will be players who will have to miss out now. And that's an intriguing element moving forward because you feel he's got the individual pieces of the, of the jigsaw there. It's just how he puts them together now in that final third of the pitch. Um, and, and that's, that's going to be fascinating to see because... You didn't feel at the start of the season he probably had those options to change it up to the degree he has now, but um, there's absolutely no doubt, and he was under, underlined again by Adam Eder's impact, that you know if they need somebody to come in and affect the game in the final third now, he can do that job um, because he's now proven over the 23 games to this far in the Championship that he can affect games um, which are maybe meandering or in need of a spark or, or, or wrestling the initiative back towards Norwich and... Um, you know he's he's very much cast in that role. He probably doesn't want to be cast in that role, but I, I think for the rest of this season, barring dare I say anything unforeseen for for Sergeant particularly, uh, maybe Barnes to a lesser lesser degree, I think that's probably where he's going to find himself. Um, and it's a testament to him. I mean, you talked there, Connor, about he's maybe added elements to his game this season, but maybe there's a maturity as well because I'm sure a younger version of him or just a younger player generally, that's very hard for them to get in their head that. Because you want to start games, particularly when you're trying to forge your path and, and make make your mark at this age of your career, you want to be playing regularly. Like John Rowe has grabbed the opportunity this season, but it feels like maybe he's not happy about it, but he's accepted it. And when he does get an opportunity, he goes onto the pitch and he does what he did today, which was affect the game in a positive way. And it's interesting; it just popped into my head. If you remember, this is obviously the reverse fixture of the game where Sargent did the injury originally. And in the act of scoring, but who came on that day? Adam Eder came on, and who was good that day? Adam Eder, I think he set up one of the goals with a burst down the right hand side, very similar to today. And he actually scored that day, didn't he, as well, where he was put through, I think it was Yanulis, mm -hmm. and very calmly finished as the keeper advanced. So maybe he just likes playing against Huddersfield. <laughs> maybe he does. Uh, weird uh, statistic about him apparently he's never scored in front of the River End, which I was, I was trying to think. But I don't think he has. So he's had, he's had a few opportunities. He yeah. has. He has. So there's a, a target for the uh, for the second half of the season. Just just finally on 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 the game, uh, Adam. Um, be remiss of us not to talk about Sam McCallum because I think we we did last week. I thought his first half at Ipswich was very very shaky uh, against Wes Burns, who has been excellent this season. Second half, I, I thought he was a lot better. 
probably and, and Kenny McLean said it probably unfortunate not to not to start this game, but then to be thrown on in in, in the second half and um, it's a slightly different fallback to Timmy Yanunis, but there were, there were points last season where where that battle between both of them probably didn't look to be that close, and then probably this season it's it's maybe looked Yanunis has looked a lot a lot better than than him. Um, to, to get a goal, but but also feels like he's in a really good run of form at, at this moment in time. And for as much as the attention has been on Dimi Yanoulis' contractual situation, you've got a guy there who's out of contract in the summer as well. Yeah, I mean, he's been at the club obviously quite a number of years now. We've never really sort of seen him for a sustained period of games and maybe affecting things in a positive way. But the, yeah, these last couple of games, he's, he's been excellent. Coming off the bench today in a game that Norwich was struggling to, to break down, obviously Huddersfield, he could have almost shied away. But to be in the penalty area in the right position to, to head them ahead, you know, into into the lead was, was crucial at the point that he, he scored. And I think David Wagner summed it up quite well, actually, in his post-match sort of interview. He sort of spoke about maybe choosing Dimi Nulis for the attacking threat that he that he offers and the way they try and build up and maybe McCallum's not quite so strong in that area but I think from a defensive point of view McCallum's probably a slightly better defender uh, the pace he's got is of course crucial and, and I think today actually he probably did show an attacking intent um, and, and sort of showed that quality that he does have so yeah for him it, it's huge and obviously depending on the, the sort of situation now with, with Dimi's injury it could potentially be an opportunity for him to have a really sustained run of games in the team and if he can you know come and affect it positively then it's then going to be more difficult then for Dimi to try and push himself back in again so the opportunity is there for him now and, and credit to him to, as well for, for taking it because it, it could have you know been, been a difficult one for him maybe sort of clubs maybe looking at him in January there's obviously been links away in last summer I think Swansea were in for him and stuff so that's all going to be in his head, but um, if he can continue to perform in, in the way that he is at the moment, then I think there'll be a lot of Norwich fans maybe looking at his contract situation and hoping that they maybe offer him a new deal because he's still a relatively young young player um, and someone I think most Norwich fans will want to see do well. So, yeah, we'll see what we get in, in the upcoming games, but if he can continue the sort of form we've seen in, in these last couple of games, then, yeah, there's there's a player there who um, I think could perform you know, in, in a very good championship side, maybe pushing for the top six. Welcome back to the uh, the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast brought to you by Coleman's of Norwich. Um, and I saw a fresh condiment in the shop this uh, this week from, from Coleman's, right? Uh, apple sauce as well, which is, is that pork you have apple sauce yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. yeah don't, don't mind a bit of that. And I, I posed the question last week, do they do cranberry sauce? They absolutely do. So brilliant for this time of year. Um, if you're doing a, a very, you've left it a bit late now, so you might want to be getting a move on. But if you're still out um, doing the, the final bits of your, your festive food shop, you can uh, get a bit of Coleman's cranberry nice. sauce what, with turkey. What's happened in the Southwold house? Following on from, uh, nice. from Southwold. Yeah. <laughs> Southwold house, following on from uh, the... The debacle that is Christmas Eve dinner. I'm, I'm glad you've used the word debacle uh, because uh, tensions are are, are high. Um, there've been heated discussions this week, but unfortunately, uh, we are uh, as it stands, as of what's the time that we're recording now, uh, about half past seven on uh, Saturday the 23rd. The uh, the plan is that we're going to have a Christmas dinner tomorrow. And um, you said if that was the scenario that you would eat your own dinner as a as a solo protest on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. So what's happening? Are you going to deliver on that pledge? <laughs> I've not decided yet. I wouldn't commit to anything on camera like that. But um, uh, I, yeah, I think I'll I'll um, sleep on it. I'll very angrily force it down on Christmas Eve and and you know uh, bemoan it as I'm as I'm stuffing in uh, stuffing it in. But um, 
yeah, it's I'm not happy about it. Let me tell you that. And uh, the feedback, she wasn't happy that she got called out last week. My mum actually. Um, but uh, you know, if you're going to commit fraudulent behaviour, I think it's only fair that you're you're called out for that. So there we go. Um, that will do little to to ease relations. Either by the way, um, Adam, bit of cranberry sauce, turkey. Big fan. You look. You strike me as a man who's a big fan. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a staple. To be honest, that'll definitely be on the the table on Christmas Day because that's when Christmas dinner should be eaten. Of course. So, <laughs> I agree uh, with you. You're preaching to be converted. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So yeah, I think uh, to be fair, any any kind of sauce that goes with meat, mint sauce or with lamb, of course, or apple sauce with pork. Yeah, it tends to be um, Coleman's, of course, on the table. Um, didn't actually know Coleman's done cranberry sauce. I might have to venture out to the supermarket tomorrow and, and get some last bits. So. Uh, might have to have a look and bring that to the table uh, on on Christmas Day. I'm sure it's very nice. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of cranberry sauce, particularly with anything related. Like, even if you get like the festive sandwiches, it, it goes well. So it's a, a perfect condiment. Now, before we come, and we, we will come on to speak about No City in a moment, and uh, and and we'll do. I'll, I'll bring the heat segment um, in. In obviously uh, sponsored by by Coleman's. Um, you, you mentioned shop. My uh, my dad came home very excited the other night. Um, he'd been in. Uh, I we can say it, but it was in Aldi doing a, doing a bit of uh, we're not yeah finest other other establishments are available etc. And he uh, and he came home and he and he said you'll never guess who I've seen in in Aldi which is just across the road from where I live. Um, I, I didn't really know who I was expecting him to say. Uh, I don't know some train enthusiast maybe or something. Um, and he said I, I saw Grant Hanley and Grant Hanley was browsing dog food in uh, in Aldi. So. Uh, I'm sure he made his way to the condiment section, but but I mean you've you've got a tale about Nor- well you didn't actually see one, but this is kind of a second-hand Norwich City story about Norwich players in establishments. Well, I don't I don't know if I should really say, but uh, a certain American striker who uh, I, I won't name the establishment because uh, it's localized enough that he would then be inundated. But apparently his uh, his regular weekend routine with his family is. Uh, a place I frequented the other night for a carol service, and um, and uh, my Sean Dyche accent gave me away. So uh, yeah, we got talking to the the chap who worked at that establishment, and um, a lot of derby related chat as it was a derby weekend. But then he he did announce that um, the sergeants are uh, frequent visitors. So uh, maybe this is a new segment. Norwich players. Well, I, I think Adam's got a better one. Yeah, than me. well, well, let's let's throw this one in. Tell, yeah. tell us about your Norwich City player sighting. Yeah, well, this is not directly again through me. This is through someone I know. Uh, Stoke Mill Restaurant, which is a very fine dining uh, experience in sort of South Norfolk, quite close to where I live. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of Norwich City centre backs that are apparently very regular visitors there on, on a Sunday for a Sunday roast. And I've been told their families are very nice as well. So, uh, yeah, there's a few. And I think an ex-sporting director as well, he likes a trip to a certain garden centre in the city centre, I've also been told. So, yeah, there's a few, I think, probably maybe have the, the hot spots that they enjoy going to in Norfolk more generally, whether that be in a, in a dining kind of environment or, or supermarket. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've missed Gabby Zara as well. Yeah. well I was going to mention this, yeah, Gabby, yeah. Gabby Zara in Primark. Yeah, I saw that on uh, X as it is now on uh, this week, I think a couple of days ago. I don't know if you'll what see... section of Primark? Because you can get lost in there. I mean, that's that's flaws. I can only assume he was taking, uh, I think he referenced after the derby, his family were coming down. So I wonder whether he was taking his family around. Come see the sights of Norwich. Come, come see the Primark. Come and have a look at Primark <laughs> and uh, the, you know, the, the, the clothing on offer uh, in that establishment. And, and maybe that's his cup of tea. Um, I imagine he's quite a fashionable man. Whether Primark's is his fashion choice, I, I don't know, to be honest. That's up to Gabby Sarah to, to say. But yeah, that's something I did see this week. I know he's also been to Cromer, hasn't he? Surfing and stuff. So... Uh, yeah, I think like he certainly gets around Norfolk and Norwich more generally. 
Yeah, we, we've gone off on a right tangent now, but we might as well finish. Um, Christmas dinner, if you had to have it with one Norwich player, Paddy, who would you who would you be uh, around the table with? Oh, you've really thrown that one at me. Uh, let me have a think. I would go with Nacho Nunes because he apparently doesn't speak a word of English, so I could just crack on and eat me dinner. <laughs> Adam? Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's a tough question, that is. I think Angus Gunn. I feel like he'd be pretty safe hands for delivering your turkey. Um, oh, he'd be a good carver, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd be a great carver. I think, you know, he'd look he after could, you. I feel like, yeah, certainly for the washing up perspective as well, he's pretty good with his hands. So uh, <laughs> if that saves me a job, then uh, that's usually a job for me. So that that would be good if he can do that for me. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Angus Gunn. I'll go Kenny McLean, I think. I think, that'd be, I think, I think you, he'll think come you... round yours on Christmas Eve night, mate. What, Kenny McLean? Christmas Eve night, no. Why not? It's Christmas Eve night. Oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. I agree with you. I, I thought you were going to say that he's got some personal issue with me. I was going to say no. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I just think he'd be, be good company. And I think, you know, you'd, you'd get, you'd get, he'd be good with the cracker jokes. I think the delivery on those would be, uh, would be, would be quite good. Anyway, um, Paddy, who bought the heat for you today at, at Norwich City? I, I think my answer was actually going to be Adam Eder, which we've kind of touched upon. So okay. I'll give mine first because I thought Adam Eder really injected that. Um, that impetus that Norwich City needed in the second half. What, what about you? Who bought well, it for you today? Well, I'm, I'm going to go a bit left field. Um, and it's Shane Duffy because there was a moment at 2-0 late on, not that they were really threatening to get back in the game, but he's absolutely launched himself. And I, I must confess, I, I couldn't tell you who the Huddersfield player was, but inside his own box, had to get the tackle correct. And, um, you know, everything was going into that. And to be fair, he did win the ball. And... Um, I'd imagine the Huddersfield player is still feeling the impact of that challenge now. So there was there was plenty of heat in that challenge from a certain Irishman. Yes, he's had a good week, hasn't he, Shane Duffy? No, we'll, we don't. We'll, 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 leave, we'll leave it there. Leave it there, Adam. Uh, I'll go with Jack Stacey. I think he's actually kind of gone a little bit under the radar. His performances have certainly picked up a little bit from where they were, maybe in a spell, sort of October, November time, where Kellen Fisher maybe was getting some opportunities due to the fact his form had dipped. But I think. Certainly from a defensive point of view and certainly from an attacking perspective as well, I think he's actually stepped up again and maybe we're seeing like the Jack Stacey that we saw at the start of the season, which was you know, being raved about as one of the best bits of business the, the club have done, of course. You know, it's a swap deal almost with, with Max Aarons going to, to Bournemouth for, for money and Norwich picking Stacey up on a free. So, uh, yeah, I think if he can continue in that same vein of form, then you know, certainly he'll, he'll maintain his place in, in the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've kind of danced around this run that Norwich City have, have got coming up, um, which I'll, I'm going to get on my phone while you're speaking, Paddy. But um, five of, of, of the next, five of the, the current top six, sorry, to come in, in, in the next six games. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll do it now. So, it, of course, it all, all starts at West Brom on uh, on Boxing Day. Then we, we, we uh, head to Mill next Friday. It won't fit, we won't know what day of the week it is by that point because it's in that, that weird lull on the 29th. Then uh, Russell Martin brings his Southampton team to Carrow Road on New Year's Day. Then we pause for a bit of uh, FA Cup third round action. Then it's Holloway, West Brom at home, Leeds away before uh, Paddy Davitt's Coventry come to Carrow Road. Resurgent Coventry. On Resurgent Coventry, yeah, looking good under Mark Robbins. Um, on the uh, on the 3rd of February, and actually even February, you, you look at some of those games, uh, Coventry, who, as we said, are going well. Uh, they've got Watford, they've got Cardiff, they've got Blackburn, they've got Sunderland and Middlesbrough at the beginning of March. This is a, a big, big run for, for Norwich City in their season. Oh, it is indeed, yeah. I mean, me and Adam had a separate chat with David after the game. Oh, right, OK. I just thought you meant between yourselves. <laughs> no, we do that all the time, mate, yeah. <laughs> we do that all the time. But, uh, no, David Wagner, and uh, ostensibly around 
obviously the West looking ahead to the West Brom game um, after today's game and uh, I signed off by asking him you know that is now halfway point we've touched on it already in this podcast but 23 games in do you have a platform now to essentially really attack the second half of the season and I think he more or less agreed that they had a platform but but that he felt he, what he's seeing now is what he knew he already had in the dressing room and we obviously saw it in that first eight or nine games of the season that he had we've touched on these individual players but as a collective they had enough about them to know there's some good sides in the, in this division but we're one of them and we're going to show that we're one of them routinely regularly week in week out consistency um and they did that in the first part of the season now you you made the point earlier on any excuses about injuries are off the table now because once you get Hanley and once you get Sargent back particularly that's a stronger group as you've got at your disposal so if that is removed as any sort of factor in in the equation moving forward into this very tough on paper run of games, then um, we'll, we'll 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 learn now what this group are about and whether they they have got enough about them to you know justifiably be talked about in terms of a top six or top eight team or you know whether um, they don't quite have enough and then they sort of lapse back into a kind of eight, ten, twelve, fourteen position in the table, which you know, it's difficult. It's difficult because we've seen both sides of it now in these 21st, 23 games to, to argue with any real conviction that, no, they are now definitely a top eight team or they are a mid-table side. And that run of teams you've you've shouted out there will collectively be be pretty, probably the litmus test. You know, we will know, I think, by certainly by the time Coventry come, come into view sort of early Feb, um, what this season justifiably holds from there, and what this group is 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 achievable under David Wagner's sort of direction of travel. So, you know that hopefully is a challenge that they they want to embrace. And as I said to him again in in the West Brom chat we had, you know they must be actually relishing going to the Hawthorns now on Boxing Day because they're now going with this feeling of belief and confidence and momentum uh, and optimism that wasn't there, you know certainly prior to this eight game swing so go and attack these games now go and express yourselves go and prove to the rest of the division maybe if what you believe is true that you are justifiably in that bracket of teams who can compete for for the playoffs so you know I just hope that that's the mindset they approach it with and and, you know momentum is a powerful thing and, and you know it's certainly within their gift to go to the Hawthorns and get a result in my mind anyway and then if you you back that up against Millwall what an occasion in store at Carrow Road against Southampton to ring in the new year. So, um, yeah, I think we all have to look at it now more positively rather than maybe certainly prior to Ipswich kind of peeking through the through the hands and, and, and fearing what, what could unravel both at Portman Road and going into this Christmas period that looked very difficult on paper. But now it's um, it's quite exciting to feel that, you know, are things coming together to a degree where Norwich can really be talked about in terms of a playoff challenging team yeah it's, it's rare to have a run as definitive as the one they're, they're about to embark on because usually these these teams are kind of staggered as, as maybe they have been at points um, Norwich actually had a, had a clutch of them in that really bad run that they had I mean the four defeats on, on the spin were, were all to teams that maybe you'd expect to, to, to be in and around it and, um, and and some of them have been some of them have maybe fallen away for, for slightly different reasons so this is a, a real test and, and, and like Paddy says and 
we've kind of discussed the performance level maybe not being that high for a considerable period, even maybe the first half today, as as you reference, I thought they had control against the poor side, but maybe just lacked that final little bit that, that would have made it a, a really good performance. Um, the second half, they had a bit more of that. We need to see more of that. Um, but, but the patchiness of the season, good run, bad run, good run. You now need to show a bit of consistency. Don't let it slip back into bad run again because... Um, then, you know, as we said, I think that that will be pretty definitive on onto where they are. But that patchiness probably allows you to maybe shape which, whichever argument you want at the moment. You could shape, as as, as um, Paddy has, has said there, you, you could shape that actually the real Norwich City are the one at the start of the season. What we're seeing now are some of the injured players coming back. You could uh, you could argue the real Norwich City has been kind of the some of the dross that we've we've had in in the middle. And um, it is a run with no excuses, no injuries that will, will, will show us what this Norwich City team is. And to uh, quote Eminem, which I don't do very often, um, it, it, will, it will tell us kind of, you know, will the real Norwich City stand up? I mean, this is, this, this is going to be the litmus test. This is going to be... And, and it's nice to be looking forward to that with positivity, but there's probably, certainly from where I'm sat now, I'm kind of, it's a, a tempered optimism of this has all been really good, but there's also this massive hurdle that you have to jump as well. And if you do that... Maybe, maybe then I'll, I'll allow myself to, to to feel a little, well, way more optimistic about what this season holds. Yeah, I think it's quite exciting for for Norwich fans now going into the, these games ahead. You know, there's there's hope. There's sort of a that top six. You can see it in in the sort of rearview mirror where, yeah, you go back sort of over a month ago now, and we were looking sort of down the table, almost fearing fearing the worst. And and that's quite quite nice in the championship. The nature of it. it it tends to be the teams that hit their stride in the second half of the season that maybe pull themselves up into the playoffs and they can compete. And it's often the sides that actually have that momentum that get promoted. So second half of the season is absolutely crucial. Um, what we can't afford to see is, is what's maybe followed David Wagner throughout his managerial career. And that is that sort of streaky runs of really good form and then really, really poor form. Um, he almost needs to sort of arrest that, stop that and, and just continue a... A really sort of positive upwards, you know, trajectory they're on at the moment, and if they can sort of maintain the form they've got at the moment moving forwards, then yeah, they are going to be in the conversation for the top six. But these teams are going to obviously be challenges for them, and there's obviously players coming back as well that add competition to the squad, which hopefully will bring up the performance levels. Because if you've got players behind you that are knocking on the door saying like, "I want to start games." that tends to correlate that the players almost step up as well, where maybe you look at that spell around the October time, it was maybe individuals in positions that didn't really have anyone sort of pushing them to sort of push almost to that extra 110% rather than just 100%. So I think everything's positive. It's an opportunity now, which they didn't have um, a few weeks back. And, and that's quite exciting. I'm really looking forward to see the way they maybe go to West Brom and take that game and the way they attack it or, or whether they sort of, they don't think they'll be pragmatic like they were or sort of defensive like they were maybe against Sunderland where they just look to try and frustrate and get the point where I think, well, West Brom, they'll go there and try and get three points, which is great. And, and hopefully they do because that will be enough to get them hopefully in and around the top six come the end of the final whistle on Boxing Day. And yeah, if you just said that to me over a month ago, I, I probably would have laughed and, and sort of questioned your sanity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and that that would be quite something. And it's nice to be sat here, almost thinking, yeah, come on, bring it on, rather than you know, as, as Paddy said, hiding behind that sofa and almost you know, is it over yet? Kind of kind of thing, which is what it was. I think um, Paddy, it would be remiss of us not to uh, not to mention Daniel Farker. He had, he had quite a good day today. It was de decent result for him, wasn't it? Certainly was. Yeah, an excellent result. Yeah, and uh, I haven't really had a chance to have a look at any of the post-match but uh, I'm hoping there's a nice sort of 
woven in lying about Norwich City and Ipswich and Derby and his record in the Derby. That would be quite nice as well for, for his Norwich fan club. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a, a troubling result if you've got anything to do with the blue half of uh, East Anglia. Um, because you can go, we said it a few times, you know, you can go there in a game like that and then lose by the odd goal, but, but really get, go toe-to-toe. But from what the bits I did see, which was most of the second half, they were... They were pretty much second best, and that off the back of the uh, their frustrations, uh, not, not to put it was, uh, Norwich in their place uh, last weekend, and Leicester now to come to Portman Road. I don't know why we've gone down a Kings of Anglia uh, rabbit hole here, but uh, it feels like in the last segment we've talked about maybe this is a defining period for Norwich and their season and what the season could bring. I think Ipswich are probably in that category now because um, you know if if if, Ipswich, if if they get turned over by Leicester. And you've now got Leeds and Southampton um, really putting their foot on the accelerator. Then um, you know that top two, which might have felt that it was a, a given, certainly not going to be the case as we turn turn into to twenty twenty four. So, uh, but they put it in my point as today. You know, the dream scenario is that that when they're back down here in April for the, the renewal of the derby, it's not just bragging rights at stake, but there's something tangible for both sides in terms of maybe that playoff shakeup. Oh no! <laughs> I can I can see it in the di- well. No, I'm looking beyond it. I'm looking to the playoffs again. I, I can't go through that again. That was uh, that was traumatic, um, and and it, and it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be fun. Let's end them with uh, we're speaking about Christmas. It's two days away now. Adam, are you prepared? Are you all wrapped? Uh, I had a bit of a wrapping spree this morning actually because I've been putting it off for far too long. I usually get told my wrapping's not great. Uh, it's something I don't really enjoy doing if I'm being totally honest. If it's like, covered, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather pay someone to do it if I'm being honest, but uh, nobody in my house will, will take that opportunity. There's there's a few things that may have been wrapped for me, but um, yeah, I had, a, I had a little bit of a, a spree on Amazon as well, I think Thursday, because I was like, yeah, actually it's getting a bit too close here for comfort. I really ought to get some, some things <laughs> bought. Um, so yeah, I had a little bit of a, a spell of buying. Although to be fair, I've told people I'm I'm cutting back a little bit this year because uh, in the process of buying a house, so I'm trying to save a little bit more money. Uh, so for those reasons, yeah, downtoned it a little bit. But looking forward to, to Christmas and sort of catching up with some family and, and stuff. And of course, the, the the food that comes with it is always great. So yeah, it is something to look forward to. And of course, then you've got the the Boxing Day game on the corner and around the horizon as well. So it's a uh, you know an exciting few days ahead, I suppose. What have you asked the big man? And I don't mean the guy who came on Fardisfield this afternoon. It's actually too much sort of like domesticated stuff. Uh, <laughs> I think I've got like a coffee machine I'm hoping to get. Uh, yeah, I should have asked for a Norwich third shirt because I really like that purple shirt. That's something I can uh, see myself wearing at, I don't know, wherever I go. So uh, I've asked for that and just generally otherwise just food and drink related uh, beverages, yeah. Paddy, what are you hoping for for Christmas? I'm pretty confident. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, the old, uh, which you boys might appreciate, the old heated gilet. Ooh, yeah. So, I'm a big fan of a gilet. Yeah, well, heated, though. This is heated, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've had some good reports about that. I think Gary Neville's raving about it. I don't know if he's got a company or something. I've seen bits and pieces so on the social media. That That's the one, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Which anybody who does what we do for a living uh, this time of year, although that said, it's been quite mild in recent days, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, if it takes a turn for the worst in January and February and we're in a press box somewhere. You'll have steam coming off, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, yeah. I'm a bit concerned what sort of heat it puts out, but, uh, yeah. Sweating. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, 
I've been told it's a pretty good product. So um, yeah, that'll that'll be hopefully uh, under the stock in in, the, in either in the stocking or under my tree. So bring it on, Connor. What yourself? Yeah. Well, you you mentioned a heated gelo. This is again unrelated, but I, I've you've. I take your heated gilet and I raise you like heated gloves. I've seen that you can get them now as well, which which would be good on the on the old hands. Heat, gloves, heated socks is naturally gloves heat heat your fingers. Na well, you could say the same for gilets, really, couldn't you? Well, I suppose that is true. Yeah. Uh, what, what I don't know. I'm really useless actually because I don't really want anything. I keep telling people I quite like another dog, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I could do with the the hassle. So uh, I don't know. Is the honest answer maybe some some clothes. Um, subscription to the Pinkham maybe Connor? yes which we've got a special offer on Paddy we certainly have I mean if you've left it as late as Adam Harvey has left it then yeah. really I mean it's two clicks of a of a link on our website just go to the Pinkham there's a story you don't have to move no and um, you will not I categorically can state without any fear of contradiction get a better Norwich City present for, for £3 which is what it is now for three months um, of coverage through this defining spell come with us we'll take you every step of the way every press conference home and away um, only media who will I think I'm, I'm fair to say so um, if it is take off then jump on board with us because um, you know who knows where the next three months might take Norwich City could go the other way of course if, if I was being a pessimist but uh, even if it does we'll be with you every step of the way so you can't lose I will endure it for you you can't lose yeah heat your gilet and all so uh yeah, no, but all joking aside, um, whether you go to the pin posts on our pink and social accounts or the the buttons that are on the brand site now, the subscribe buttons, there's a story up there as well. Um, there's a few other bits and pieces in terms of competitions as well off the back of having a subscription, but but essentially £3 for three months, it's a no-brainer. If you haven't got your present for the Norwich fan in your life, that's what you need to do, please. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I think... Um, I think I think it's Paul Warren. I think it is Paul Warren and uh, the, the Derby manager, and uh, he's he like is obsessed with Christmas. I don't know if you've if you've heard. I, I'm pretty sure he's he's used the line. I am obsessed with Christmas, and, he, and he's quite that sort of character. So um, I, I'm going to try and be obsessed with Christmas from now until uh, until Boxing Day. I hope you gents both have a good one. I hope you all have a good one as well. Thank you for watching, stroke listening. I'm not sure we'll do it. We probably won't do another podcast side of the new year so uh, wishing you all a very happy new year as well we will re rejoin you after Southampton where as I said it's either going to be more smiles or probably uh, shorter fingernails we will see have a very good Christmas see you on the other side